We're your hosts, Alexa and Melissa. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode on Midwest Mamas Podcast. We are so excited you are here today and that you're just taking some time to listen and enjoy. Today we have on our show Vivian Mabuni. She is an author, podcaster, and just full of knowledge and wisdom and just brings a really unique perspective to a lot of different things and it was just an honor to get to chat with her for a little bit. Her first book was called Warrior in Pink and that's a story about cancer, community, and the God who comforts. Her latest book is called Open Hands, Willing Heart, Discover the Joy of Saying Yes to God. She also has a podcast which is called Someday is Here And that is created for Asian American women on leadership and culture. I know I just listened to a couple episodes and they're just amazing. And so I would definitely recommend going over to that podcast and checking out some of her latest episodes. Thank you as always for supporting us and we hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Midwest Mamas. We are so excited to have Vivian Mabuni on our show today. Can you say hi, Vivian? Hey, everybody. Hi. Hi, Vivian. (laughs) It's great to be with you guys. We are so appreciative for you to take time out of your day to talk with us. Can you share with our listeners a brief background about yourself? Sure. Um, I am also a mama. I have actually three old kids, older kids. Um, Jonathan, Michael, and Julia. And then I've been married to my husband, Darren, for 28 years. Wow. And we live here in, I know, it's been a long time. Yeah, um, congratulations. Live, That's awesome. Thank you. It's Shelter in place has definitely been challenging. Can I just say that? Yeah. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up. So, um, but, yeah, we've been living here in Southern California. Um, we live in Mission Viejo, which is between L.A. and San Diego. So, okay. um yeah, and we both been on staff with Crew, uh, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ. Been on staff for 31 years, and um, wow. now my full time job. Just recently, in the last two or three years, I switched to speaking and writing as uh, my full time ministry now. So it's been really, really fun. I have loved this new season of life. Yeah, that is fun, and yeah, congrats on being married that long and. Um, yeah, I think everyone could relate now being shelter in place, like, oh, now it really tests <laughs> when you're with them all the time. <laughs> the surface is all the issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and we um, are excited to jump into about your writing and stuff. Before you share with us your new season, can you just talk about crew and just the different things? Um, and maybe for people who aren't familiar with crew, just what that is and what you did with it. Sure, yeah. So Crew uh, was formerly Campus Crusade for Christ, um, changed the name, I don't know, probably six or seven years ago just to become more relevant because the words in the name can be um, commu- uh, conversation stoppers sometimes, like Crusade, for example. So, um, uh-huh. so Crew, yeah. So Crew started in 1951 on the UCLA campus as a ministry to college students. And in these years has grown to uh, over 25,000 staff around the world, 
um, in just about every country. Um, we and the ministry has grown from you know targeting college students, which is still kind of the bread and butter of crew. Yeah. But it also encompasses so much more. So there's a military ministry and um, a ministry to the UN and on and on and on. So um, so I work with Crew City, which is life after college. But for 28 years, my husband and I worked with college students. So we started off, um, I actually started off when I was single at UC Berkeley. And okay. then um, then when my husband and I got married, he was on staff at UCLA. So that's when I moved to Southern California and we've been here ever since. Um, so Crew is an interdenominational Christian organization. It, it's for those mamas listening, as your kids grow older and they go off to college, one day your kids will put their shoes on by themselves and get themselves into the car by themselves. I but, can't even imagine, they, Vivian. I know. <laughs> Hold on. I promise. I promise. And then they take the car and they drive away and um, they can go. It's just crazy. So, and then one day they actually fly and uh, many of them will choose to go to college. And when they do it, you know, especially growing up in a Christian home, it can just be such a, a time that really actually solidifies the faith of a lot of young, young, young folks because they're finally away from home and they are choosing to own their own faith. And yeah. so whether or not they choose to attend church or plug in, but crew is a great organization, solid to really help, um, you know, college students to walk by faith, share their faith, multiply their faith, live by faith. And um, I've seen over and over just transformation take place. And um, I, I kind of, you know, in all of these years of ministry, I really see that, um, people kind of have in their faith journey, typically, you know, children are so curious and they're just, their hearts are so tender yeah. and they, I believe, genuinely um, love and pray to the Lord and have a really sweet relationship. And then as, as they transition into adulthood, I see actually a lot of college or a lot of people uh, make uh a profession of faith in high school. So I think high school ministry is really, really key and really important. But then the next really big one, as far as maturing and really taking our faith seriously, I see, you know, if you were to draw out like a faith journey map, a lot of people can point to college as being a time where they either completely stopped, you know, or they really took their faith seriously for the first time. And then I think it's when um, people start having families. Like all of a sudden, when entrusted with these little people, they start to evaluate their faith again. Like, okay, what what, what are we going to do? How are we going to build into this next generation? So those are right. some like highlight points that I've seen over the years. Yeah. And I feel like that time, especially mm-hmm. with, I mean, what you said with like the different phases, I mean, college age um, people, it is just a, a test of time right there with your faith. And I think crew is, um, something that really gives them an opportunity to grow with their faith, which is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a privilege. Yeah. That's amazing. So you are also an author. So what led you to writing and what would you say has been one of the biggest hurdles as a writer? Well, so my, so I really feel like God used, so I am a cancer survivor. I, um, when I was 42, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and um, my friend uh, 
opened up a caring bridge, which is like an online medical blog. Oh yeah. Uh, he opened up, yeah, a caring bridge for me so that I could keep people informed what was going on and, you know, share prayer requests and things like that. But it was through this blog that kind of like, I feel like God used cancer to actually pull the writer out of me because prior to that, I never considered myself a writer. I still have a hard time actually embracing, you know, author and writer as part of my, you know, skill set even, but it was, it's been um, a real journey, I think. So, so my first book, actually, the craziest thing was I had been writing in this online blog and then an author I had never met um, from Michigan forwarded my blog to a publishing house. And so an editor from the publishing house, yes, crazy, reached out to me and asked if I had like a book proposal. So I was like, book proposal. So I'm like Googling book proposal and I'm pulling up like this PDF and it's like, oh, that looks like it's centered about five spaces down. So you know, I'm like trying to put this thing together. And I thankfully wow. had connected with some other women writers. So they were able to help me along the way. And so lo and behold, my first book, Warrior in Pink, um, it, uh, the byline is a, a story of cancer, community, and the God who comforts. So uh, that book, um, yeah, that just really came out of um, a really hard season, as you can imagine, some of the lessons yeah. that were learned through that time. And um, it just kind of awoken in me late, later in life. I mean, really not um, in a way that I don't think I could have ever imagined. So that was before having a a literary agent or any of those, even learning the terms. It's like, it was like going to a foreign country to learn all these new terms. Right. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So that's sort of my journey. And then my second book just came out this past summer, Open Hands, Willing Heart, um, Discover the Joy of Saying Yes to God. And that um, came out and it's uh, also has an audio book that goes with it as well. So oh, okay. But yeah, yeah. So for all of you who are like, you know, stuck with it, Kids at home and need to escape. Sometimes an audiobook is is a good way to pass the time folding laundry. Definitely. Well, and I have found like after my kids go to bed, going out and taking a walk and listening to books has been really self soothing. And so Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear it's an audiobook. (laughs) Yes. And I actually, yeah, I, um, what's the word when you you read it yourself? I I narrated that. Okay. So you did. And how was that experience like to narrate your own book? Oh, my goodness. Well, OK, so the book writing process, it's like the, the final draft is sent in like two years before the book actually comes out in the bookstore. I mean, it's Which just is a crazy. huge long process. Yeah. Yeah. So or the contract is usually signed and then it's a year long like writing and then editing and then copy edits it goes on and on so by the time it actually comes out in book form it's like long 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 ago in distant memory so right. it was so helpful so I had to you know record in a, in an actual studio the whole book but it was so helpful because it was right before the book came out so it re, it helped like it helped me to like get reacquainted with my book yeah. again so, um, so yeah so it was it was really fun to revisit and did that, was that a long process to record a book? Like, I'm just curious, like, were they like, okay, you need to record this in a week? Or, like, how how many, like, chapters did you read at a time? Oh, gosh, it was brutal. It was 
I think we did it in two and a half days. Wow. So it was like full wow. day. And, um, you know, and then at one point I like my stomach rumbling. So I had to hold a pillow in my lap to kind of muffle oh, those like, rumbling sounds, you know, so, so there was just a constant, you know, I could take bathroom breaks, of course, but you know, there was always, you know, tea and water by the side and, um, you know, having to, um, come across like Bible names that, you know, I usually like look at them and I read them in my mind, but I don't know how to say them out loud. Right. So I had to, so, you know, so they, uh, it was so great. The sound engineer was pulling up in Wikipedia pronunciations of these King's names. <laughs> so it was, it was a great experience. I really, it was, it was hard, but it was really great. That's awesome. Well, that's mm-hmm. exciting. And I feel like when authors read their own books, like it just, I feel like, I don't know if you can relate to them more or it just seems, I don't want to say like more genuine, but you know, like I feel like that's just another level to hear the story. Yeah. Mm, I agree. I totally agree. I was listening to Trevor Noah's book and I'm so glad he narrated it because he uses a lot of African dialects. And oh. so because they are in, you know, he was, he knows exactly because he speaks those dialects. He could say it, and I don't think I would I would have been able to appreciate it to the same degree without right. hearing him say yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah. Awesome. And so, what would you say has been just one of your biggest hurdles as a writer? Probably my biggest hurdle is me. <laughs> so it's it, mm. I think it's such a I think that probably for any of us trying new things sometimes. It's like, and even I think about forgiveness, like sometimes the hardest person to forgive is myself. So I think I can be the hardest on myself. So probably the biggest block to writing is me. And um, I don't know, there's just a whole host of um, mental lies that mm-hmm. I can totally get, just can be so um, confining and limiting when I, start to buy into those kinds of lies. So I really, I, I, um, what I loved about that online blog, you know, when I was first writing in Caringbridge was that I wasn't editing and I wasn't, it really felt like an act of worship. Like I didn't need to make the words a certain way. They were just kind of pouring out of me. And so there's a real beautiful part of, um, creating and I feel like being kind of in step with God and his spirit and allowing it to kind of flow that way. Um, yeah. I, I love that. And I think that when we're operating in how God wired each of us, there's a real joy in being able to create. And so my, my medium isn't, you know, art. It isn't mm-hmm. uh, decorating for sure. <laughs> but, Preach but me either. <laughs> So, but I found that, you know, I love words. I love, so I, I kind of consider myself a speaker who writes rather than a writer who speaks. So my lead book is always like, so my favorite is, you know, speaking at a women's retreat or, you know, any kind of event where there's the, the uh, interaction with actual people and I can see people in their eyes and I can kind of sense what's going on and you know if people are with me or if I'm losing them and how to bring them back so there's there's a real joy in that and that's where writing the other part of writing that's hard is that it's just so permanent and it's quotable and people can you know 
Um, and we're always changing too. So some of the things that I may have written eight years ago may not apply anymore into what I've learned in that time and my life stage and what I've experienced. So there's a, there, that part can feel very, um, exposing and vulnerable, I think, to have words yeah. to put out there. So yeah. So those are some of my challenges with writing. Yeah. And well, and you mentioned about, you enjoy like speaking at women's conferences and stuff. And I'm guessing in the midst of all this, maybe some of your events got canceled. Like were there some things planned this spring that you were doing that maybe now isn't happening or it's going virtual instead? Yes, exactly that. I had um, had literally five weeks in a row with speaking events and they were all canceled. So my husband and I um, are speakers for Family Life, which is marriage conference. Um, Oh, so, yeah, so Family Life Ministry is actually part of CREW, too. Um, okay. Ministry, I know that. So, yeah. So, um, so we were onboarded as some of the newer speakers. So we had two events that we were supposed to speak at, um, and those were canceled. I had a women's retreat out in, um, I believe it was North Carolina, and they were, you know, sold out, and they all of them bought a copy of my book for the conference, and that was canceled. Um yeah, so several, another women's event in Arizona was canceled. So, yeah, it was really, really disappointing because I was really yeah. looking forward to yeah. that time with the women. Um, but interestingly, my friend, Becky Kaiser, just started an online women's retreat. So maybe we can, I don't know when we're going to air this particular um, conversation, but it's an online women's retreat. And there are over 30 speakers and really? women... Yeah, and Jill Briscoe and Jamie Ivey and, and Lauren Chandler, a lot of my friends. Um, so, um, so it's it's available for women to just sign up. I can even just I'll send you all that stuff. In, in the yeah, email. please do. Um, but there's um, it's what's beautiful about it is that each of these speakers will you know share between ten and thirty minutes. And all of those talks are available anytime. So, like, when your kids are down and you don't feel like yeah. walking and you'd rather watch, um, any of the talks from any of those speakers are available unlimited, which I think is such a great idea. And then there are discussion questions, too. So, if you have friends that are also okay. linked in, then they can, you can actually have a little mini virtual Bible Club. study talk about the content yeah. so yeah, yeah so that's conference club <laughs> yeah conference club so i'm actually going to be taping the talk sometime this week uploading oh, it and it'll go live i believe may 16th so, okay yeah so, so that's month. a little creative yeah so it's a creative way to try to do do some things and then with my podcast i am doing a um a pop-up event kind of thing so i'm going to try that next week so what is I think that all of us so the, um I don't know yet <laughs> <laughs> you're but, like that's um, what I'm gonna yeah. google to find how to pop up <laughs> google how to pop up so some variation of something with probably the zoom or something so yeah so I think all of us who are in the speaking writing world are really needing to think through like how to utilize technology yeah yeah you know, in place of in person. And for you two as teachers, you know, I mean, having mm-hmm. to go online, it's yep. a whole different medium and definitely yep. not my preference. I don't think anyone's preference really, but I'm also grateful that there is a way at least to stay connected. And um, yeah. yeah, 
be able to share information and encourage one another. Yeah. Well, and something maybe positive that can come out of what you're doing in May with the other women is like it could reach potentially so many more women that wouldn't be able to go to an in-person conference. You know, I feel like me, myself, and a lot of my friends, like, being moms to little ones at home, like, there's just not always that time where you can take a weekend, even if you want to, you know, but like you said, Mm -hmm. being able to, once the kids go take a nap or something, just to listen to a 20-minute conversation, like, what a blessing that will be to so many. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think it'll be a great, resource and I think that that's really the heart behind that so yeah, yeah. so yeah. Awesome. It is. we're excited for that to to <clears throat> come to us and so yeah. we can connect as well great so let's talk about your latest book opening hands willing heart so what was your inspiration for this particular book and what is the takeaway for it from it yeah so the title itself you know open hands willing heart to me is kind of a I would I think of it as a recalibrating north star for me. Um when I am walking with God and I can pause in the middle of the day and just kind of do a che- a heart check even like is my are my hands open? And you know, are my hands open meaning am I um receiving from God? And am I also allowing God to take things out of my hands that he sees fit? So it's it's a both and. It's not a, a clutching and it's not a, a striving so much. It's just a surrendered posture. And that, too, with my heart, if it's willing. So uh, sometimes I think in a Christian life we can get willful where we just try to do it on our own efforts. I know that I fall into that, you know, where I'm just yeah. going to power through. I'm going to do this all. And I, I burn out or yeah. I just completely lose heart. So it's not a willful heart and it's not a willless heart where it's like, whatever, I just give up. You know, it's a willing heart. And I think that to me encapsulates, encapsulizes, I'm losing my words now. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> the whole of the Christian faith in a way that um, I think really synthesizes what it looks like to live uh, with the Lord in intimacy. And so that's really what it is. And I think what I loved about writing this book is that I was able to highlight a lot of amazing women and their stories. And, okay. um, yeah, and talk through, you know, what is a willing heart and what does that look like? And what are some of the, what are some of the um, ways that we live out a willing heart? Because sometimes a willing heart means that we embrace a no from God. And sometimes a willing heart means that we, um, are willing to, I actually can pull out the, I was thinking, hey, I should probably just, some of the uh, living an open-handed heart, living an open-handed life means serving without seeing. So sometimes, I think especially with young moms in this season where all we do some days it feels like is that we just are wiping counters and wiping bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and yeah. does God even see any of this and how, how I, I believe that all of this it matters and I believe that um, when we get to heaven one day he will rip it open where we'll see how our prayers mattered and our little quiet acts of service and the carpool and the day-to-day the folding of the laundry all of these things really really did matter so um, yeah building bridges and abiding and walking through opportunities doors of opportunities so that's what the book is kind of all about 
Awesome. Well, I can't wait to listen to it on my next walk. <laughs> Yay! That was great. And you mentioned, too, about your podcast. So it's called Someday is Here. So what can listeners of your podcast um, expect to hear when they tune in? Yes. So I'm really excited about this podcast. And it it's a podcast for Asian American women about Asian American um, just ident- identity and journey and leadership. And what I'm excited about is that for non-Asians, it's a really easy way to be a learner of a different culture. Yeah. And um, I, I just, I think that, you know, our, our country can be so polarized um, and there's a lot that we don't know or understand because we don't understand the backstory or the, um, the differences that we go through in daily life. Yeah. And so I'm so excited because I, I really believe that it's a, a resource for non-Asians, but it's for the Asian Americans that listen. It's a place of feeling validated and seen and known probably for the first time for many of them. So um, as a speaker, I, you know, it's 2020 and I still have Asian American women come up to me um, and say, you're the first keynote speaker I've ever seen speak at a women's event like this. So um, really? hearing that, it's like, yeah, representation matters. And I think for, you know, just changing the, the narrative. So even like a movie like Crazy Rich Asians, um, I can't think of another movie where it was like none of the actors did kung fu. <laughs> you, know, they, you know, usually yeah. Asians are typecast and they are, you know, they're the villains um, or they're, you know, are really dorky or the sidekick. But here we had, you know, just a full-blown, beautiful, well, um, the cinematography was excellent, the costuming, everything. It was just, it was, you know, excellent in every way. Yeah. Not shy away from being completely Asian. And so in that way, I just feel like it just helps us because we can draw conclusions about people and people groups. Um, based on inaccurate information. So that's what I'm excited about with the podcast. And um, yeah, and we had our first live event here in Southern California before. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was just, it was amazing. And and even for those moms who may have adopted children from Asia, it's helpful, I think, as a resource as well, so they can really help uh, navigate these these years of growing up and feeling confused and living in, in two worlds or you know, having a family who doesn't the who doesn't sometimes understand what's going on in the playground, possibly. So, yeah, um, yeah. So I really see that as a, a resource, and as the world gets bigger and smaller, I think it'll be um, a help. I hope it is a helpful place. Yeah, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So, Vivian, as we wrap up here our conversation, what are some personal or professional goals you have for the remainder of this year? <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, what? What will the remainder of this year look like? <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. When will like, we get out? We <laughs> know. Yeah. Um, well, I think personal goal. Um, I just started um, couch to 5K. Okay. <laughs> like, I've done like, that before, girl. Right. I've done it before too, and then I just stayed on the couch after I finished. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. so coming back off the couch. So I'm on week two. Yay! So that's Yay. that's like, um, yeah, I'm really so 
probably personal goal is really for my own mental state to have an outlet like, you know, this Couch to 5K app and, you know, something that's getting me out of my my couch, getting off my couch is a good thing. Yeah. So that's a, a personal goal. I'm always, um, you know, reading the Bible kind of uh, with the with a um the goal of just reading through the Bible over and over and over again. I don't feel like I have a pressure to have to finish it within a year, for example, but just mm-hmm. to keep reading and reading until I read the whole thing. So I alternate between the Old Testament and the New Testament, go back to the Old Testament, go back to the New Testament, or I'll pick a theme. Sometimes like my, um, yeah. just a few months back, I decided I'll just read all of Paul's letters, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of, so, um, so yeah, those are some goals there. And, um, I'm working on my master's in Bible exposition at Talbot Seminary. Wow. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, so that means that I drop out and reapply over and over and over again, but I'm not going to give up. And so I'm really hoping to get a couple more classes under my belt by year's end as well. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, good for you. So how do you, um, or before I ask one of our final questions, who's someone that you're following right now, either on social media or maybe another podcaster or an author that you're just really enjoying? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, so nowadays I feel like there's, it's so, mm, okay, so. I've been thinking about this a little bit. And one of the podcasts that I've really enjoyed is the podcast Truth Table. Um, it is three African-American women. And it's a podcast for African-American women by African-American women. Again, they welcome everyone to listen to it. But for me, it's been so eye-opening to ha- to be able to listen in on their very honest conversations. They are strong believers. They, and they, they love being black women. They, and they, um, interview a lot of incredible, um, leaders and authors. And so it's just chock full of so much great information. So they are, they are some women to listen to, I think. Um, yeah. And so I, I've, I enjoy them a lot. And, um, and I, I think by even expanding my own circle of friendships, um, to include that of, you know, women from all different life stages and yeah. ethnic backgrounds. And my life is just enriched. So I highly recommend diversifying even our news sources, to be honest. I think sometimes, um, you know, even with COVID, COVID-19, um, if we only listen to one news source, I think we aren't going to get the full picture of what's going on. Yes. So sometimes it's helpful to even get outside of the United States and even hear from a, a different yeah. country. <laughs> you know, so I just yeah. think it's just, it's, we have the ability to do that. So my big encouragement is, you know, read wider, take in more. It doesn't have to be so threatening to have mm-hmm. people who disagree with us. I think it's, there's just so much to learn. And our hearts will expand. And I think we sometimes will, um, we like the comfort and security of control, I think. And when we just kind of stay in our own little bubble and everyone thinks like us, eats like us, dresses like us. And we just think that's what's, what the world is composed of. And once we break out, I just think, gosh, just, we have, it's just like, um, music styles. There's just so much more to be able to enjoy. 
and sure, I'll probably always have certain favorites, you know, music groups, but there's just that much more to experience. So mm-hmm. that'll be my big encouragement to, to all your listeners. Yeah. I'm excited to check them out. I haven't heard of them. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. Well, Vivian, we do like to ask our um, guests, um, how do you unwind after a busy day? Mm, that's a great question. Um, well, I, I think I have, oh, oh, okay. I have to share this with you. Okay, so, yes. <laughs> so, one is, you know, due to shelter in place and everything, there's this amazing Korean drama called Crash Landing on You on Netflix. Oh, episodes. Okay. And so you have to read the stuff. I'm not Korean, so, you know, but it is so awesome. So I cannot, I mean, Oh my goodness, I cannot stop talking about how great this, this Korean drama is. And I've never watched one before and a bunch of my friends were into it. So I'm like, ah, oh, what? It wouldn't hurt. So give yourself at least two, two to three episodes, but, and watch all the way to the end because they have some extra special stuff after the end of the credits. So okay. all the way through to the end, but it is so great. And, um, awesome. yeah, you guys are just going to have to circle back and tell me when you, <laughs> you watch it so yeah but so that is just a complete like disappear and my my daughter and I watched all the episodes together and we still Aww. talk about the characters probably on the daily like we just really? <laughs> so, we just love them so much so anyway so that's awesome. a complete like like complete turn off the world and just mm-hmm. disappear into another world and um completely delightful so and what's it called again Crash Landing on You. Crash Landing on You. Okay. Crash Landing on You. Yes. And then, um, and then, I mean, there's always the, you know, like, um, you know, just enjoying dessert in the backyard. And I've actually been, my husband grew a bunch of, like, vegetables from seed. So Mm. here in Southern California right now, I'm just enjoying broccoli from our yard and beets from our yard and lettuce from our yard so oh that's so nice pioneer woman so yeah so I think relaxing at the end of the day is really enjoying the fruit of our yard even you know I I made lemon bars from the lemons that grew on the tree I mean it just feels so um little house on the prairie but yeah (laughs) it just tastes better it just tastes better than store-bought to me so yeah Little House on Prairie. That's so funny. Oh, I was yeah. actually, my dad was obsessed with the show. And so I'm named after Melissa Gilbert. You the, are? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then she played Laura, who that's my sister, Laura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so my big, that's big fans of Little House on the Prairie here. <laughs> Gosh, so many. That book, those, that whole series of books, I just feel like, you know, our generation, we just did not understand the value of hard work like they did yeah that's on the yeah. prairie days you know like they just had to go, come up against all sorts of mm-hmm. natural mm-hmm. disasters and otherwise and so yeah that was always my my go-to when I thought my kids like you know here in Orange County um you know a lot of kids are very privileged so they you know they have never had to clean the bathroom because someone comes in to clean their houses for them that's not our case so my kids would always complain like None of my friends have to clean the bathroom. Or I'm like, you are, I'm thinking Little House in the Prairie. I'm like, you guys yeah. are going to use life skills because 
they will serve you well. And yeah, yes. yes. I mean, even with our youngest, our three year old, like we make him put his shoes away. And, you know, I just feel like it's those little things like you like have to learn to take care of your stuff. Like it just doesn't magically happen. You know, yeah. like someone does it. <laughs> that is so good. And it's interesting because my daughter works at Starbucks now. Ooh, um, yes. and so Yes, I'm so, all my dreams are coming true. I birthed you. You could work at Starbucks, so that yeah. would be awesome. But anyway, she she was closing up the store one night, and one of the new when the new hires had never slept before, like had never used a room, and it was very obvious. And I'm just like, wow, wow. Sounds like kids need to learn how to use a broom. Yeah. So that would right. be my cry. You know, learn to use a broom. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have my one year old throw away his diapers, so you know, there's that. There you go. Way to go. There you go. This is so good. Yeah. Oh Vivian. So um thank you so much for chatting with us today. I mean it's such a pleasure and I can't wait to listen to your podcast and the podcast you recommended and the story. I mean, just so many wonderful tidbits and um just remembering to I think just kind of for people to get outside their bubble, you know, I think it is, I mean, especially Mm -hmm. now, like when you're literally just stuck at home, just so easy to stay in that bubble and your own, but there, it's just such a bigger world than what we can see. And so thank you for all those reminders. And it's just been such a pleasure. Can you share with our listeners just how they can follow you and maybe find your books? Yes. So you can follow me. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Viv Mabuni. And I have a website that has everything. So it's VivianMabuni.com. And before we started taping, I think I'm the only Vivian Mabuni in the world. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so you can just find me anywhere. Um, but yes, awesome. so VivianMabuni.com. And I, I love connecting with people over there for sure. And then my book, you can find, you know, yeah. anywhere. Books are sold on Amazon or, you know, Barnes and Noble and, um, yeah, uh, Penguin Random House and all those places. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, we're so excited and um, just excited that we have this new connection with you and that we got a chat. So thank you for taking the time during our stay at home time to share your <laughs> life with us. Oh, absolutely. And I'll make sure I get all those links to you as well. So if your listeners yeah. want to. Check out that online women's retreat, too. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. So, yeah, great. Well, thank you so much, Vivian. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks mm-hmm. for having me. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining in with our conversation with Vivian. She is a delight, and we hope that you go follow her and support her. Um, I know, like I said at the beginning, I've been listening to some of her intros and her book is on my to order list. Also, if you could support us just by following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at the Midwest Mamas, we would really appreciate it. Send us a message, send us a comment. We would love to hear your feedback. And if you have any suggestions on someone that you'd like to hear from, who's someone that you would enjoy hearing a conversation with. Also, if you could rate us on the station where you listen to podcasts, if it's Apple or Google Play, those rates and reviews just really help get our name out there so that everyone can hear these conversations. Have a great day.